Muslim is problematized enormously. These are the words of Ibtisam Abaziz, one of the founders of Stichting Meld Islamophobie, in English, Report Islamophobia Foundation. She is a sociologist who is currently working on her PhD, which is about first and second generation Dutch Moroccans and how they experience their religion in the Netherlands. My name is Hendrik Loy, host of the roundtable Religion and SDG 16, Conflicts, Challenges and Opportunities. I talk with Ibtisam about violence and discrimination perpetrated on Muslims in the Netherlands. When you think of challenges around social development goal number 16 in your context, what is the role of religion in all of that in your view? Well, I think uh, you can look at, at that question from several levels. Uh, I think if we talk about the micro level, then we see that people can use their religion in a positive way uh, to, uh, to stress uh, or to use your religion to work on this uh, on, on, a, uh, um, on a micro level, we see that uh, people can use their religion in a positive way uh, to contribute to an inclusive society. We see that on very different, um, you know, on different. Uh, it, it can take different forms. Uh, for example, you can see in the Netherlands a lot of initiatives that are inspired by religion, and they are focusing on. Uh, for example, on giving um, homework lessons to young people, you know, so that young children who don't have uh, the resources that they can also excel at school. For example, to give you a very concrete example. Uh, but on a more on other levels, we see that religion is um, is is. Uh, yeah, especially at the political level, then you see that religion is problematized and not religion in general, but mostly and especially Islam as a religion. So that is what you can see. And if you are talking about the SDGs, uh, then you can see that, um, well, that there is also... Uh, in the Netherlands, there is some policy that excludes Muslims and discriminate, especially Muslims. You can see that in the last uh, decade that uh, well, terrorism is becoming uh, another word for Muslims. When people or, or politicians or policymakers are talking about combating terrorism, they are actually meaning uh islamic terrorism or terrorism uh committed by uh people with an islamic background uh and what you see is that politicians but also policymakers and more general the societal uh, debates that people uh have created a blind spot for uh example uh, extreme right yeah. terrorism and uh, you can you can also read that back in NCTV reports, for example, uh, when they are talking about well, what is the situation in the Netherlands if we're talking about uh, dangerous movements, then they are focusing on, for example, 
the Salafi uh, Salafi groups and organizations or individuals, and they mention the extreme rights uh, uh, extreme rights groups and organizations, but they are not seeing them as a danger yet. As, as as a danger yet, but in in the practice or, or in society, you can see that. Well, there is a lot of development on that on that field, but because there is a blind spot for for that, when people talking about combating terrorism and terrorism is mainly a Muslim problem, they are neglecting these kind of uh, developments. Islam is a minority religion in the Netherlands, and in terms of inclusion and exclusion, how would you then describe the position of Muslims in the Netherlands? Well, I think it's better to talk about people with an Islamic background or an assumed or an alleged uh, Islamic background because I'm saying this because what we see in our work is that um, people who are facing discrimination uh, because they are Muslim, uh, it they, they themselves, it, it is not that everyone who is facing discrimination because of being a Muslim is also uh, considering uh, him or herself as a Muslim. You, you see also that some people, they are not identifying as a Muslim, but they have a Turkish or a Moroccan or uh, a Mediterranean background or looks and that people are seeing them as a Muslim and uh, discriminate them. So that is what is important. That is why it is important to talk about people with an assumed or an alleged Islamic background instead of Muslims, because not everyone is identifying him or herself as a Muslim. Right, and these these and these people may be addressed as as Muslims because maybe of the of the color of their skin or the the origin. Yes, or the name, or the surname, uh, because, because we saw that in one of our reports that there were some people who were ident identifying themselves as uh, secular people, that they, uh, for example, at work, that people, uh, when a politician talks uh, in a certain way about Muslims, that these people are, are asked questions, you know, what do you think about that, and it is your kind of people that are causing this. Uh, while uh, these people are not identifying as Muslim at all, so that is the first thing. And um, all the children of the of the of the host arbeiders—that's how we, we call them in the Netherlands—that they are making huge um, improvements. Uh, you see that among the second generation, also the third generation, that there are high levels. Or that the educational level is increased among them, so you see that it, that is a good step. But at the same time, uh, there are a lot of reports uh, published uh, almost every year or two years. Then you see reports about discrimination, and then you see uh, well that many people with an alleged uh, Islamic background are discriminated. Uh, for example, uh, young girls who are wearing headscarves, uh, well, you see that they have difficulty by finding an internship, for example, or finding work. So there are a lot of reports who are confirming this kind of, 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 of um, 
of patterns of discrimination. So there is discrimination, there is exclusion, and it works on, on different levels. You, you, you find discrimination on uh, the labor market, in the educational system. Uh, for example, previous year, uh, years, there were a lot of uh, news articles about that people with an ethnic or with a different uh color skin uh well that they that they got uh, a lower CETO score for example uh and this is a structural thing just it's not something that just happened once or twice but it is a pattern and you see that people with some backgrounds well that they uh that they get a lower educational uh, advice so this is one thing uh, but and on on the other thing, you see also a shift in the discourses. Uh, that is the other level, uh, especially on the political dif the discourses. And uh, if you look at it from a historical point of view, then you see also a shift. Uh, for example, uh, well, it starts with with the migrants. Uh, you know, Islam is still uh, treated as a religion that. That that it is that's that's not Dutch and will never be Dutch because the migrants uh, brought it here, so it it is it is treated as a foreign uh, religion. So in the eighties, it was especially the ethnic background that was problematized, and then at the end of the nineties, uh, politicians started to uh, reframe migrants, not as migrants, but as Muslims. Uh, and then you saw how a lot, well, well for example, Pim for Time played an, an important role in that process. And what some 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 uh, scientists also point, point out is that, uh, well, there is a kind of uh, racialization of uh, Muslims. And that means that if you look at uh, political debates and the discourses, then you see that being a Muslim is not seen as, as a religion, but uh, it is treated like something, like a race thing. Uh, the, 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 the discrimination or the discriminatory practices um, only happen because we have a political climate that uh, that, that, that stimulates them. Uh, the, uh, for example, if well if, if even the prime minister, if he is uh, saying that he can't do anything about discrimination, because well, it just it is just there, so he can he can't do anything about it. But what kind of a sign does that give to an employer? You know, if you are hearing this, oh, even the prime minister is saying that this just happened, so I am I can just do it. Uh, this is an example, but there are also other examples of uh, uh, things that politicians said and that people in their daily lives can use to exclude people, you know, even... Is, huh? But the other thing that you see, it is not only about the discourse, but also about the blind spots. And for example, we have now the Tuslag affair, and I think that is a very, very good example of that, because the basis of all this is discrimination. So if you look at how, how, does, uh, how, how did it start... 
this Tuslach affair. Uh, well, it started uh, because uh, the tax the tax services, uh, the Belastingdienst, um, they were accused uh, by by the Tweede Kamer that they didn't do their work well because uh, many times, many years ago, there was uh, there were uh, there was a case. Uh, uh, published, it was about Bulgarian people who were here in the Netherlands and they received uh, the toeslag uh, and there was something about it and then the Tweede Kamer said to the tax services well, what are you doing? You have to do more your best to discover fraud and to combat fraud and so it started uh, to hunt on people with a double nationality, or uh, and that's how it started. But what you see now is nobody is talking about discrimination anymore or racism. They are just framing it, it, it as something. Well, we don't know yet how this could happen, but it shouldn't. It shouldn't. It shouldn't have happened. Uh, that, that's what they are saying. But nobody is talking about discrimination or racism. So that is forgotten. That is. I think that is the blind spot. What are uh, the effects of this, this current political societal discourse, in your view, on, on the specific position of women uh, in all of this? What, what makes it so hard to hear their voices, for example, your voice, even when they are given a place at the table? No, I think uh, I think there are several factors that that's, that 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 are uh, that are contributing to this. I think there is the first layer of sexism. Uh, voices of of women aren't always taken seriously uh so that is i think the first layer the second layering is islamophobia itself a, a woman with a headscarf well you know that people see only a headscarf and not what you are saying but they are assuming that everything you say is by definition not worthy to listen to. And I think there's also a third layer because you see uh, it is also what you are saying. And I think that uh, what you have is a lot of or a growing uh, group of women who are organizing themselves, who are uh, telling their stories uh, with their frames. And that's in most cases anti-status quo and i think that's also a point because what you are it is not it is not only who you are or your appearance but it's also what you are saying and i think if you are saying critical about the status quo then people will not listen to you because we have also to say that uh, you know uh, we are talking about about tables but what kind of tables and i think we are talking here about tables um uh, of policy makers uh, policy makers and what you are seeing there is that there are also boundaries and i think what we what we what we mostly forget for uh, what we what we uh, mostly don't take in account is that policy makers are not neutral uh, they are in the first place they are carrying out uh, a, a political agenda because polit uh, pol policy is always about political choices 
So I think that is the first thing we have uh, to, ha to to bear in mind. And I think the second thing is uh, because policymakers are not neutral, they're carrying out uh, a political agenda, they are also um, having political boundaries. Uh, for example, if you are talking about discrimination, uh, well, you can't talk about discrimination, but to a certain degree. When you start to talking factors like sexism, Islamophobia, but also what you are saying, if you are starting to talk about the role of political discourse and debates, well, that's that that is a boundary, and I think that that is what we should also take in mind, so that the voices are not always heard, has to do with factors like sexism, Islamophobia, but also what you are saying. If you are anti-status quo, uh, then you see that, well, people will not, well, they hear you, but they can't do, they will not do anything with your input. Uh, and why? Because policymakers are not neutral. They are carrying out a political agenda, and that means that uh, they have to deal with political boundaries. Can, can I zoom in with you a little bit on how, how policies can foster uh, more pluralism and tolerance and safeguard and protect the interests of religious minorities in the Dutch context? So, so uh, which policies, in your view, could potentially stimulate then uh, more, a more pluralistic and tolerant society, but are not being implemented at the moment? I think that that policymakers should be should focus also um, on 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 the political context because, for example, because I, I, if you talk about uh, discrimination of Muslims, to make it very concrete, okay, uh, and you see that uh, well, some policymakers are working on it, um, but at the same time, you see that there there is law in the Netherlands that is contributing to discrimination of Muslims. And to mention two examples, uh, well, the burqa ban is one example of it. It is not allowed to wear it, uh, for example, in hospitals, uh, educational institutions like schools, universities, uh, in the healthcare, uh, like hospitals, uh, or in uh, government buildings. Uh, so it's not allowed to wear it. And you can, if you wear a face covering, then you can get fined or face wearing. But what we see, uh, while the law is formulated very in a very neutral way, uh, but if you deconstruct this law and if you look where it comes from and also the political debates that uh, uh, behind it, then you see it is aimed at Muslim women who are wearing uh, 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 a niqab or a burqa. That's why they also called the burqa ban. So you see, and and we we published a report uh, about this law uh, in September 2020, and uh, in that report we have, uh, yeah, we, we wrote about the impact of this law uh, so far on women in general, or Muslim women. And what we saw is that, uh, for example, uh, women who are not wearing uh, a face wheel, that they were also target of uh, violence uh, on, the, on streets uh, and, and all kind of uh, verbal uh, harassment uh, at street. Um, and that's, that's, that's also 
strong evidence that this law is influencing and stimulating a certain climate that we that we have before the ban uh, because in our previous reports in 2016 we published uh, our first report and there we saw you know how women were uh, especially women and especially women who are wearing headscarves who that they were mostly the target of Islamophobic attacks and that most of these Islamophobic attacks took place in the public space. And by public space, we mean uh, the streets, uh, shopping malls, supermarkets, etc., etc. So we see, um, well, that people do things like this because they think I can just do that. Nobody will punish me. And the second example of of because and what you see in in the in in in, in uh, how uh, in in uh, uh, at the macro level is that well um, well women with wearing a face wheel that they were they, that they got that they were that they are excluded from well from education etc. But uh, what you see is that uh, they are not only excluded but there are there are also um, Using coping strategies, for example, to give you a very concrete example, it is also not allowed to wear, uh, before Corona, it was not allowed, it was forbidden to wear uh, face coverings uh, and face wheelings in the public transport. So what did you see at that at that, at that moment when uh, they, you, what we, what we heard from, what we were hearing from women who are wearing a face wheel is that they didn't use public transport anymore, that they just walk, that they that they didn't go outside, uh, you know. And you see that, uh, well, that this law leads to uh, institutional discrimination because you cannot go to the hospital unless you took off, you take off your your face wheel, feel. Uh, and the other, what we saw is that the freedom of this of these women was um, decreasing. So that is the impact of it. And there is also uh, there is also another law, but this, uh, and what you see, for example, what we also because in the Netherlands you have also um, like many other Western. Uh, many European countries is that they having uh, counter-terrorism measurements uh, and uh, and for example there is a law in the Netherlands it, it is, it's called uh, the Wet der Voorkoming van Witwassen en Financiering van Terrorisme uh, well if you look at the, at the law it is also very it is formulated very neutral if you look at at the law, they do not mention Muslims or any ideology. But what you see in the in 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 in, in real life is that uh, that, that this also the 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 the, the, the things we, we we receive from people is that there are a lot of people uh, from Islamic organizations, mosques, uh, who were denied. Uh, so. They applied, um, they went to a bank, they applied for a bank account, but it was denied. 
and it was denied because of this law. But it is not only about Islamic organizations or mosques, you see that also individuals. So you have also people, uh, for example, who are starting uh, businesses. Uh, so they are they are aiming at the profit sector, but because they have an Islamic name or something like that, they got they also got refused. Uh, so you see also that kind of of exclusion, uh, and and this is I think if if policymakers are talking about well we want to combat discrimination, we want to create in, in, uh, inclusive society, then you've also to look critical at. Uh, other uh, uh, fields and sectors and laws that they are uh, creating there and producing there and the consequences of these laws. Because you see at the, uh, in the Netherlands, you see there are policymakers who are working on uh, how to combat discrimination and how, uh, how, how, how to stimulate a more inclusive society, etc., etc. But on the other hand, you see that in the Netherlands there are also... Um, uh, uh, that politicians are making laws that in practice exclude, especially in this case, Muslims. And we have two examples uh, here in the Netherlands. Uh, one, the Burka ban, and the second one is the Wette Voorkoming van Witwassen en Financiering van Terrorisme. And these are, two, but I think there are also other examples. And for example, you have also the anti-radicalization. Uh, uh, the focus is not only, uh, the focus is very on how to prevent terrorism. And what you see is that there is this opinion, uh, well, that radicaliz radicalization starts at a young age. So what you see is, what you see is that there are, there are uh, projects aimed at young people to prevent them to become uh, a radicalized uh, Muslim or radicalized young people. Uh, and so, with other words, every Muslim is a potential terrorist. So that is actually the idea that comes uh, uh, in these kind of programs. And in the Netherlands, there is a blind spot because you see, that it's especially because a lot, what I said is pol these political developments, you know, uh, parties like the PVV, but uh, Forum for Democracy, and before that you had the LPF, uh, etc. There were a lot of parties uh, that influenced the political landscape. And what you see is that uh, there is discrimination, but it is not recognized as discrimination. It is normalized. Um, and that is the the the, the consequence or or, or 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 the result of these political developments. How can we how can we make uh, the people who are in charge aware of this? What what is your what is what is the next step for you also and and, and in the work that you do? That you should listen uh, also to the anti-status quo uh, voices. Um, and especially these grassroots who are who are pointing on the blind spots. Thank you so much, uh, Ibtisam, for, for sharing your thoughts and views and um, going into such uh, detail also with regard to the patterns that you observe also in the Dutch society. Mm -hmm.